Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond, uh, Director of Raven Institute of Ministries and Biblical Studies. This is Associate Director of Raven Ministries International, Pastor Alex Hill. And we're good to have you. This we're good to have you. We're 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 good to be here this morning. And we're glad to have you with us this morning as we come and we bring our daily teaching at the Raven Institute on the Book of Romans. Uh, Pastor, we've been having a great time in the Book of Romans, and it's good to have everyone. Literally, we, uh, we we have an audience from all over the country. As I look at our monitor, that we have uh, people literally from from coast to coast that are with us, and we have a lot of people that watch through our some of our embedded websites that are from uh, other countries that I get emails from periodically. And so it's good to be here, just breaking open the Amen. Word of God. Uh, David said, "Early will I seek Him." You know, it's it's. Early for us, but it's real early for some of these folks that are willing to come out and to study the Word of God. And so we're just grateful for you to be here, and we just hope that we can take and deposit something in you that God has uh, deposited us and and just really give you a hunger and thirst after the Word of God and for for righteousness. Pastor, before we get started, I want you to just open us in prayer, just ask God's blessing and direction over today's time. Amen. Lord, we just come before you. We come before you as servants, Lord God, as, as people. Men and women, Lord God, across this country, Lord God, touching and agreeing, asking you, Lord God, to be our guide, to be our light, to let the word of God be a light unto our feet. Lord, we pray that you would give us wisdom. It says, if anyone lack wisdom, let them ask of God. We're asking this morning, God, give us wisdom. May the scriptures jump out to us. May it become a life unto us. May it be a fire to us, Lord God. Father, I pray, God, that you would bless everyone that hears this message this morning, God. Open the eyes to see, the ears to hear, the heart to understand, God. And I pray, God, that as we go forth in this morning and throughout the day, God, that you would encamp your angels round about, Lord God, and that you would cause us to be a people that would think of you, Lord God, in reaching the lost, God. And I thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I pray for all those who are discouraged, Lord God, all those who who feel like they have no hope, Lord God, for all those who are not saved, God, for all those who are battling discouragement and financial difficulties and physical issues, God, this morning. I pray that your healing touch and the power of God would rest upon them, Lord God. Bring the healing, Lord God. Lord, we just glorify your name and we thank you, God, for this word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Once again, if you are joining us just right now, if you come in just a couple minutes late, uh, Pastor Troy and Pastor Alex, the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, here Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. And we just want to encourage you to come out uh, daily. But if you've missed any of these lessons, what is this? This will probably be, I think, lesson number 18. Uh, Brother Steve told me yesterday it was 17. So lesson number 18. So we have 17 hours of study on the book of Romans already. So, But if you have not... Uh, 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 been here for those things and you want to go back and download those on your computer in mp3 format and burn them on a disc however you want to utilize those things those are available you can either go to uh, www.raveninstitute.blogspot.com or you can go to ravenoutreach.blogspot.com and you'll see all of those messages archived on those sites so feel free to get those things I encourage you to get them it'll give you really a good basis on this especially as we're going to close out chapter 2 today and be diving into uh, chapter uh, 3 on uh, on Friday uh, tomorrow. So I encourage you to be a part of that. Pastor, some really neat things have, have been happening lately. I just want to share a couple testimonies. First off, this past uh, uh, Tuesday night, every Tuesday night uh, as well, we have what we call the Raven Nation broadcast. Amen. Pastor uh, Alex brought a tremendous word uh, this past week. And uh, I know Brother Steve recorded that. Maybe we can get that on a, the Easy Share and make that available to an MP3 format so people can hear that word. But we, we meet every uh, Tuesday night, and, and we have literally an audience that represents the nations. I put in our last new, uh, handwritten newsletter some of the places that are to have tuned in in the last 30 days, some of the countries. It's incredible when you think about it. Argentina, Australia, Belarus, Belgium, Bolivia, Brazil. Canada, Chile, China, Colombia, Costa Rica, the Czech Republic, Denmark, Ethiopia, Finland, France, Germany, Hong Kong, Hungary, Iceland, Indonesia, India, Ireland, Israel, Italy, Jamaica, Japan, Kenya, the Netherlands, Pakistan, Philippines, Poland, Portugal, Puerto Rico, Korea, Romania, Singapore, Slovakia, South Africa, Spain, Sri Lanka, Sweden, Switzerland, Thailand, Turkey, the United Kingdom, and Vietnam. And so we're getting all kinds of... uh, different countries that are on and we're taking prayer requests as well during that time right but what was interesting this past week we prayed about uh, uh, a lady named Jean 
who had been involved, excuse me, Joan, who had been involved in a car accident on Tuesday, I received the email and they said, right. pray for her. She's in a severe car accident and her neck is broken. Right, I remember this. And so you remember us praying for her and some of you uh, folks that were on the Raven Nation program. So we all just got an agreement. We put the word out and we got intercessors literally praying all over the world for, for Joan. And we prayed for her and they, they'd taken her in and they obviously had to stabilize her and everything else, did the test. She had her neck broke. Brother, I got a call yesterday. Joan walked out Praise of the God. hospital yesterday. Doctors came in. They began to do more tests and x-rays. Could not find. The swelling subsided. Could not find any of the fractures that they'd previously thought they'd saw. Oh, man. Praise God. Miracle healing. Joan literally walked out the next afternoon under her own power from the hospital. So Amen. thank you guys for yes. praying. I believe, yes. brother, that the Word says that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Yes. So thank you guys yes. for standing in agreement. This, and just praying the prayer of faith. We talked about that we, the, we, we always quote from James about if there's any sick, let them call for the right. elders. And we call literally elders uh, to convene all over the world in people of faith and intercessors. And, and I think we ought to testify of those things. So Absolutely. We, we've got to pray with an expectancy of those things that miracles are going to happen. If it's even in this type of format here with the, through the World Wide Web, that His hand is not shortened. That right. it's Him we're praying to. That we don't have to climb up on some prayer mountain or hide in some prayer tower. Man, He is, he is inclining His ear and His desire is to touch and to change and to heal and to restore wow. and to do miracles in this day and age. So, praise God for that shout out. Also, we've been talking about... In, I sent out a, uh, an email yesterday. Some of you folks that are on our email list, if you're not, you can go to www.biggrace.com and go to the contact page and you, actually, you can actually sign up there for our, our regular email addresses, things that we send out. But, Pastor, you know what? We, we planned a trip last year when I was in uh, Amsterdam to go back in. Made some great contacts at the preliminary stages for, for uh, planning uh, Raven Amsterdam and got some of those, those things in line. And uh, so we've just been praying to believe in God. And I tell you what, though, the last... And we usually, you know, because we're missionaries, because we, we, we're totally, when you talk about the living by faith, we, we, gen, we typically live by faith. I don't say typically, I mean we have to live by, by faith, faith because that's what it is. We believe God, and it's a, it's a daily thing. Right. And so it's not a thing where, you know, we believe we got some big financial cushion or whatever else, guys. We're not sitting on some $8 million nest egg. We have to believe in faith on a daily basis for the provision of God. And so we, we make the plans, and we... Uh, We'd set up to, to be in Amsterdam July 23rd through the 30th. I tell you what, brother, the situation has not looked good. But you know, but once again, you you got to you got to practice what you preach. And I've always preached. You know what? There's a greater reality than what we see, and it's what God has said. Right. But praise God that He He knows uh, we as we as men sometimes we, we struggle and and we, we have to just have an encouragement. But this is something amazing. Last year when I was in uh, Amsterdam, brother, there was a young man, 16 years old. His name was was Jaron. And he lived right there in Holland, and uh, but he was hooked on marijuana. He would come through the red light district, and if you're not familiar with the red light district, maybe somebody's watching today that lives in the Netherlands, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Legalized prostitution, legalized uh, marijuana smoking, cafes are full of that. So he would sneak out and come downtown in the red light district and uh, go to these cafes and smoke marijuana. But I ministered to him day after day after day, and when he'd see me in the, in the red light district, he'd come over to me, and sometimes I'd talk to him for as much as an hour. And just to pray for him, you know, and I told him, I said, you know, I've got kids that are around your same age. And I said, it breaks my heart that you're walking in this type of bondage. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, continued to minister to him and uh, gave him just a clear presentation of the gospel. But in this conversation, uh, I told him, I said, God can do a miracle. And he began to share about his home life. His dad was a complete alcoholic. The, their family had, had never known anything about Jesus or anything of that nature. And what he said to me was interesting. He said, you know what, for all the things you say can happen, it'll take a miracle. And I told him, I said, God is in the miracle business. Mm -hmm. That's what God can do. And something he said, he said, you know, uh, miracles are out of this world. And he didn't mean out of this world like we use it. He meant that it, they don't happen they anymore. They don't exist anymore, basically. So, yeah. you know, and so I had resigned myself to the fact, brother, and I say that to say this. I had kind of resigned myself to the fact, here we are, you know, about six weeks from schedule, that just to cancel the trip, that we just probably were not going. People would call me and ask me about it. And I'd say, you know, we really want to go, feel like we need to go, and all these things, but just don't know if it's going to happen. And But kind of in my own heart, I kind of resigned myself to the fact that, you know, not, not do anything. Then all of a sudden, I get this email. And who's it from? It's from this young man that I ministered to, what, nearly 10 months ago, wow. now on the streets of, 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 of Holland in, in Amsterdam. And here's what he put. He said, uh, he said, well, hello, Minister Troy. 
He said, uh, he said, I'm Jaron Pelt from Holland. He said, I don't know if you still recognize me, but uh, you and your friend prayed for me in Amsterdam. You, you, you asked God if he could help me with my school, my job, and don't forget my home situation with my parents. And all the things you asked God came true. My father was a good wine drinker. I guess that's, you got to understand they don't speak clear English. In other words, he drank a lot of wine. Yeah. And an alcoholic. But now he's clean, and I really want to thank you and your friend. And I hope that we'll hear something from you. P.S. Miracles aren't out of this world. Amen. And so, brother, I tell you what, I was thinking. Here I was the very day that I was thinking to myself, you know what? We just need to scrap that. Then, then the Lord sends an email from Amsterdam, and you know what He said in there? He said, you know what? He said, I've learned miracles aren't out of this world. That right. God still does miracles. And, and uh, I put up on our blog, and you can you can look at our blog. That really, the exact same thing that. Uh, man, we're just going to believe God for a miracle. I believe Amen. that we're supposed to be there. And I believe that God's going to provide the, the resources, brother, for, for you and myself, at least, at the very least, for you and I to be there in Amsterdam working to establish Raven in Europe because I believe in the day in which we live, we're, got, we're going to have to establish that base there and go and do these things. Then, brother, you know, the, the, the word is so so awesome. It says, by the wealth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established, be, be established and okay. confirmed. Okay. And so it's, it, it was real awesome. And I I was blessed and I was encouraged and I wanted to cry when I read the, the message from Jaron. And you can get a picture. And what's interesting, I had a picture of him on the, on the blog from last August and I, I brought it up to date and I put all these on there. So you can go to our blog at ravenoutreach.blogspot.com and see the whole story written out. This morning, I get an email. And let me read this one to you. Also from Amsterdam. Two people totally unassociated with anyone. Now, brother, I hadn't got contacts. Right from from these people at all, no contact whatsoever. Then in the day that I had almost resigned myself, just to say, forget it. For, wow. This is what I get that one. Then within 24 hours, I get this one. He said, "Hello, Pastor Troy. My name is William, and I'm the guy who works in the gambling house in the Red Light District in Amsterdam. The one who always brings uh, coffee when you guys are gathering on the bridge. I still I don't know if you still remember me. This man William is like uh, he's, he's like a more than a bouncer." He's kind of like the hit man or the heavy or the he's an enforcer, I guess is what you'd call it, mm. for this gambling house right there where we stand outside with a cross. But he, he's 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 been constantly coming out. And he brings coffee. But anyway, he's he's a guy that uh, two of the guys that I've gone with in the past had had, had talked to in the past. I, I haven't had a whole lot of conversation with this guy. So how he got my email address, how he's been in contact or receiving our information, I could not tell you because two of the guys that I was with from another ministry had been the ones that talked to him. I always seen him come up and I'd, I'd met him, shook his hand and talked to him just briefly, small talk. But he, he said this. He said, I met several, he said, I met, uh, he said, I met two of your guys uh, a couple of years ago. ago. Uh, he said, from your group, but I forgot their names. He said, one had gray hair and the other one had a navy cut. And he said, they were there last year and we always talk about normal things but never about the Word of God because they knew I'm not a believer. Now that, that kind of shook me yeah. up that these guys were talking to him and because he was an enforcer or whatever else, they, he, he said they didn't talk to him about the Word of God. Mm. But it gets more encouraging. He said, I know myself what's good and wrong. And he said, I walk on the path, my own path through life. He said, give them greetings for me when you see them. I don't know if they will come this year. Uh, and, but, so they may not see me because I'm recovering from a hernia operation and have had some bad months and a lot of pain. So I cannot work. And, and tell them they must have forgot to pray for me. Then in quotes he puts, that's a joke, of course. I thought when they asked me for my email address, it was for things like, how are you, and stuff like that. But then I started getting all kinds of information. He started getting my emails. I sent out messages, preaching the gospel, and whole other things, which, which really I didn't think belonged to me. That's why I respond to you now, because of this article about you coming to Amsterdam. I ho hope you understand my, what I'm saying and say hello to the guys. Take care and God bless William. Wow. Brother, that is unbelievable right there. Yeah. That is just completely unbelievable. Here's a guy that's an enforcer for that. I had very little contact with for whatever reason. They, these guys may have mentioned the gospel to him, whatever, but it sure didn't leave a lasting impression on him if it had happened. But he's been getting our messages probably for the last year. Now, how he did that, maybe I had one of our t-shirts on, he signed up, or was curious about biggrace.com or whatever, but he's been getting that word, and evidently he'd have to read all the messages to, to, to understand, because that last email that I sent out in regards to Jaron, all it said is, uh, God does work, I can't remember what, how, God does, the miracles do happen, is what it said. And so evidently he's been reading that word for the, the time, and you know, in, in his way of putting it, he's saying, I do need prayer, I'm, I'm, I know what's right, but guys, listen, 
He, he said, I walk my own path in life. There's a way that seems right unto a man. Right. The end thereof is death. And so, man, I'm going to believe in God that I, when I get to Amsterdam, hook up with that guy. I'm going to be able to go and pray for him and believe yeah. God for the power of God. When I say it, when we go, because I'm, I'm, I'm believing that God is going to do that. So, guys, really, I'm, I'm just going to ask you to stand in agreement with us on this prayer for that provision. Because right. for it to happen, it's going to have to be a miracle. Right. Flat out, any, nothing short of a, of a miracle, we're going to have to see God supernaturally supply about, and you know, these numbers seem enormous, but about five thousand dollars right. to, to put two people over there for that that length of time to do what we need to do to work those streets. It's going to take. It's going to be about twenty five hundred dollars a head, which is about you know twelve hundred fifty dollars for a plane ticket and the rest for the other expenses. But uh, man, I'm just I'm just going to stand in faith, believing. Right up to the end and just believe God to do it. So I, I'm going to ask you, pray with us. We need a miracle. Uh, but just as Jaron said, miracles aren't out of this world. Amen. God is still doing miracles if people yes. would just dare believe. And as Joan is a testimony today that, that God still heals, He can do it. And, you know, that's a drop in the bucket for Jesus. For us, brother, it's, it's, it's enormous. Right. For us, it is, it's, it's, a, it's a momentous type of thing to overcome. But with Christ Jesus, all things are possible. So pray for William, pray for Jaron, and pray for us that we'll have the opportunity to go and look at them face to face and just raise up disciples Amen. in other nations is all. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm believing God is going to send us to the nations to make those disciples. I want to, this is totally off, but I want to, this is totally off the, the teaching. teaching today, but I, I want to say this, because this is something the Lord spoke to us uh, a while back. And it's out of Luke chapter 4, verse 43. And he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. He said, for there am, there am I am sent. And brother, you know, we preach from city to city. And Amsterdam is such an international city. Mm-hmm. You know, you go there and probably 95% of the people speak fluent English. And so there's not a language barrier. But you got people from all those European countries coming in. We witnessed the people from Spain and from Germany and from Great Britain and obviously from Holland and, mm-hmm. and those places around there. And it's such a melting pot. And I believe that God will send you into a Jerusalem-type atmosphere to preach the gospel, to change nations, whether it's a Jaron, whether it's a William, whoever it may be. And those guys really represent just two facets of that society that has largely been devoid mm-hmm. of the gospel. So appreciate you praying for us Amen. on that. And we, we thank you for it. And uh, just believe in God for a miracle on it. I had another something real quick. I'm fine with what I was going to do with it. Oh, here it is. Uh, we had a question come in yesterday as we closed the program, and I promised to, to answer it on today's show. Robin had wrote an email to me that said, we had a young man, I'm just going to read her email, it said, Pastor Tori, we had a young man studying under a rabbi here in town. She, they're out of... Uh, Amarillo, Texas. And she said he came to Freedom a few months ago. Freedom is the church they're associated with. And he stated that it, that it never says unto a Jew. But I know that we, we read today in Romans 2.9 that it says first for the Jew. But I was reading earlier this week in Romans 9.6 and, remind, and it, the Lord reminded me what the young man said. I was just curious what your input is on this one. She wrote Romans 9.6 out. For not all who descended from Israel are of Israel. Thank you for helping me uh, seek out more through the Word. Talk to you tomorrow. God bless uh, Robin, I'm going to answer your question, Robin. She she's pretty slick, and I said this afterwards. I didn't catch it, but she asked a question out of Romans chapter nine. Obviously, we're just on Romans chapter two, okay. so she's jumping the gun. But I said I would answer it, so I'm going to give it. I'm not going to make you wait until in a few weeks till we get to Romans chapter nine. Uh, I want to read that to you as I answer that question quickly this morning. He said, "I say the truth." This is Romans nine one through eight to answer her question. The main question was when it talks about for not all that descend from Israel are Israel. He said, I say the truth. This is Romans 9, 1 through 8. i got to put it in context for you. He said, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. This is Paul preaching. Okay. He said, for I could wish that myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. In other words, he said, you know what? I love you folks. He's talking to the Jews. And he said, if it was possible, I would, I would allow myself to be that sacrifice. He said that they're my kinsmen according to the flesh, that your Jews were born as Jews just like I am, who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, uh, whose are the fathers and of uh, whom are concerning the flesh uh, Christ came. In other words, the reason Christ came was for us. Uh, and who Christ is, he came, he's over us, God bless forever, amen. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are Israel. Neither because are they the seed of Abraham are they all children, 
But in Isaac shall they be called seed. That is, they which are the children of the flesh are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted for the seed. Her main question was out of her sick. Not, not as though the word of God has taken an effect. For they are not all Israel which are Israel. When he says not as though the word of God has taken an effect, it literally means that the word did not fail or falter or return void. You know, God made a covenant with Abraham. Mm-hmm. He passed that on through the patriarchs and, and he, he brought that through the law of Moses. And said just because Israel failed does not mean that God failed. You know, there's, there's been charismatic teachers that say that God was the, the biggest failure of all time because Jesus crucified It's ridiculous. Right. They don't realize that through the foreknowledge of God, God had a plan and a purpose and that He will ultimately always fulfill that which He said and He set, set out to do in relationship to, to His promises and seeing His covenants come through. So the covenant that He made with Israel is going to be realized. Right now we sit in the age of grace or the time of the Gentiles. But when, when our time is over at the rapture of the church, He's going to kick in and going to bring the fulfillment of those things. But then He says, For not all that are Israel, uh, not all Israel which are of Israel, is meant to literally, what we've been talking about in chapter 2, mm-hmm. it denounces that idea of some national salvation. And right. so this is what we've been talking about in, uh, in really the, the last several days, that the Jews had come to, to believe that their outwardness or their Jewishness or just because they were of the circumcision or they uh, uh, adhered to a certain type of ceremonialism or that it made them say to, right. to, to, to prove a point. And so, but, but folks, what he's saying is, listen, the only way that you're going to be saved is through the finished work of the cross of Calvary. They had reached this place that they believed that they put their stock in their membership. That because we're Jews, or, and it's, it's not unlike what the, what the church has done today. We think because we're members of a certain church, or we go to a certain place, mm-hmm. that we have uh, some type of privilege. So what Paul was saying is, listen, there's a difference between national Israel. Yeah, you may be a, a Jew by birth, but there's more to being a Jew. There's more to being saved. There's more to walking in covenant than some type of outward sign. Just showing up on a Sunday morning or just living in Jerusalem or living in the land of Judea. It's something spiritual. Then he goes on to talk about that, that, the, that it's the offspring of Isaac. And, and he, he brings up the point when he says, uh, neither because they're the seed of Abraham are they all children. And so he was saying because Abraham had two children. children right? he, had, he had Isaac and he had Ishmael. And so he brought that point out to, to bring out that point of national Israel. Now, where was Ishmael born? Right, he was born from Abraham. He was born from Abraham. He was part of that part of the country. He was part of that yeah. seed, part mm-hmm. of that country. Mm-hmm. But he was he represented the flesh. Right. And so he was a product of the flesh. And so what Paul was saying, listen, guys, I don't care where you were born. I don't care who your fathers were. If you're if you're doing it according to the flesh. There's no salvation in those type of things. So that's what he was saying, basically, that not everyone that says they're of Israel, if you're if you're if you're in a covenant, but it's a covenant after flesh, you're lost. But if it's right. a covenant after faith, then you have hope and life in Christ Jesus. I hope that answered your question. If it didn't, I'll try to do a little bit, uh, give you a little bit more concise answer to that. In fact, that make part of this will in our study today will probably also bring yeah, some clarity. It, it really does. I mean, these this really chapter 2 really serves to reinforce right. exactly what he was saying there in, in chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. And so this morning, Pastor, we're going to kind of backtrack uh, to verse 1, uh, uh, backtrack one verse from where we ended. We uh, last uh, Yesterday we were taught on verses 12 through 16. Right. And touched on 16 as we closed out the program. So I'm going to backtrack one verse then we're going to cover 13 verses. Okay. And so we're going to probably conclude Romans chapter 2 today. Uh, probably is the operative word because it's, you know, we'll see how, we'll see how <laughs> right. it rolls. But we should, we should be able to uh, conclude uh, uh, the, the next 12 verses because really the, the, after verse 16, 17 through uh, to 29, it's kind of the same thought. It's, it's really the same thought. He's yeah, just saying it in several different ways to reinforce it. So we're going to back up and, and say that and because... We're, we're going to deal really primarily with with, uh, with the issue that apart from genuine biblical salvation, that, that, that there's no salvation whatsoever. And so we're going to bring that up. And so uh, our point was yesterday that, 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 that God is dealing with, with people. God is dealing with Jews. God is dealing with Gentiles. But at the end of the day, brother, He's dealing with us all on the same standard. And that right. standard is going to be the righteousness of God. That man is always filthy. And so if we're judged according to our deeds... We're all going to be found guilty before God. And so there's no salvation apart from faith. There's no justification or redemption apart from faith in the finished work of Christ Jesus. So whether it's the law of righteousness uh, that, that came out of uh, adhering to the, the law of Moses through faith, or the law of righteousness that came out of the, the, the moral conscience, either one of those things is a law. 
And so, they're, they, but they got to point us to the righteousness of Christ Jesus and not to self-righteousness. And so, the Jews we talked about had become tremendous hearers of the law. Right. I mean, those guys could hear the law. They knew it. They could quote it from the time they were little children. They had been instructed in, in the Pentateuch. They could they memorized the Scripture. But they had failed to allow the shadow of the law to point them towards the fulfillment of the law, which was Christ Jesus. Right. Jesus said that He came not to do away with the law, but that the law might be fulfilled. That they could see the fulfillment of the law. Right. Everything that they had learned from the tabernacle in the wilderness to the temple to, to all the ordinances and all those things were just a picture of Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. Right. From the tabernacle being made up of, of three courts. You know, you had the, the outer court, the inner court, the Holy of Holies. It was a description of the person of Christ. The, uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant, it was a description of the picture of Christ. Even the way they, they, they put their military in the wilderness and their, their different tribes, I should say, with the, the, the Levites in the center, it, it, the formation was a cross. Mm-hmm. And so everything he did was a, was a picture of that. So when Jesus came, had they had not been blinded by their own self-righteousness, they would have immediately saw the fulfillment mm-hmm. of the law in Christ Jesus. But they had become blinded to that. And so what he, he's been telling them in verse 2 that their knowledge has become literally an indictment levied against them. And it's also been levied against the church. In, in 2 Timothy 3.5, 2 Timothy 3.5, that same indictment. He said, you have a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. Uh-huh. From such, turn away. What do we say repentance was? It's a turning away. It's, it's a turning away. It's, it's thinking differently. Thinking differently. It's turning my thoughts uh-huh. the way that they should be. So he said, if you have a form of godliness, whether that is Judaism, whether that is watered-down Christianity, turn away from those things right. and turn to Christ Jesus. Thank Differently. So this morning I want to take a little bit deeper look at verse 16 for a few minutes and, and kind of give a... Uh, because I, I believe 16 kind of gives a sum, summation of what we've been talking about right. literally all the way up to this point. But it's also going to serve as a as kind of the premise for everything else, not just in the book of Romans, but for the, the entirety of the Scripture. the rest of the book? Or? I mean, for the entirety of the Scripture. Okay. And when I read it, within that context of saying that, you'll see exactly what I say. And so Romans 16 through 29, I'm going to read those and give you, some, give you the context of them. Then we're going to back up and go to verse 16 again. And it says, In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. That's the, that's the message, brother. Right. One day we're all going to stand before Him and God's going to judge everything by virtue of His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the manifestation of the good news, who right. is the gospel. He said, Indeed, you are called a Jew and rest on the law. And you make your boast in God, and you know His will, and approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of the law. You're confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness. You're an instructor of the foolish, to the, uh, of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and the truth in the law. You therefore who teach another do not teach yourself. You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? Do you who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhors idols, do you rob temples? You who make the boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you who, even with your written code and circumcision, are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, uh, whose praise is not from men, but of God. God. So let's back up to verse 16. Then we'll tackle all that. It says, In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Pastor, here's what happens right here just in that one solitary verse of Romans 2.16. Paul ends every single argument in relationship to the standard that God's going to judge people by. Right. That, that, that mankind cannot say, well, I'm going to be judged by this and that. God just lays it on the line and He says it's, everything is going to be judged by Jesus Christ and His gospel. You know, we, we have this, this man, William, who, who said, listen, I, I walked my own path. There, he, you can't walk your own path because right. you won't be judged according to your own path. You're going to be judged according to righteousness in Christ Jesus. Yes. People say, well, you know, the old song that says, me and Jesus got our old thing going. Got a good thing going. We got it all worked out. Yeah. Well, you know, 
God is no respecter of persons and, and, and there's no scripture that's given for private interpretation. The, there's the, the, the same applicability for you is applied to me, is applied right. to the man in Israel, is applied to the man in the Netherlands, is applied to the man in Brazil or, or wherever it may be. And regardless of time, regardless of generation, regardless of national origin, he is saying, listen, I want to just lay it out for you. I want to give this end all arguments and, and give you that God will judge the secrets of the man. In other words, God is going to look on you, into your heart right. and He's going to judge you according to the standard of Jesus Christ. Right. And so you can't say, well, you know what, I was a better Christian than old Brother Troy. Or that's a better Christian than old brother Don. You know, he's not going to judge you in accordance with that. Right. He's going to look at your life and judge you according to the righteousness of Christ right. Jesus. Now think about this. Guys, write this down. John 5.22. John 5.22. Here's what he says. He says, For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto his Son. Now guys, I want you to get that. John 5.22. It says, God judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto his Son. How many times do you hear people say things like, well, I guess that's just God's judgment? Or that's right. just, you know, when Hurricane Katrina, when we lived in New Orleans and Hurricane Katrina wiped out the city, right. uh, 80% of the city, left the French Quarter, the most wicked part standing, people said they thought that was the judgment of God. Right. Well, the Bible says that God judges no man, but commits those things into the hand of His Son, Jesus. Jesus said He came not in the world to but condemn or to the judge world. the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And so, have we have we really witnessed the judgment of God? No, if we w- if we would have really witnessed the judgment of God, there would be nothing standing. Because it wouldn't be measured against cities or criteria. No, New Orleans wouldn't be measured against Las Vegas. Las Vegas wouldn't be measured against Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh-uh. All those things would be measured against the cross. Right. People, when when the AIDS epidemic began to be uncovered in the late eighties and into the nineties, people said, "Well, that's just the judgment of God uh, on homosexuals." Well, no, I, I don't believe that it is the judgment of God. I believe that's the consequence of sin. Yeah. That that God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's man shall reap also it. reap in proportion to that. And we talked about the, the measuring out. Whatever measurement you measure with is going to be measured back unto you. And so you take about a city, I believe they said that, what, 85% of the city of New Orleans was covered with water. And you know what? Probably 85% of that city is probably lost. There may be 15% of those folks that, that, are, that are born again, but the biggest chunk of that city is lost. And so we got measured back on what we measured out. Right. And so when we talk about the judgment of God, guys, when, when the judgment of God comes, when the wrath of God comes, it's going to be complete. It's going to be to the point. It, there's not going to be any question. Right. No one's going to be able to say, I wonder if that was the, the judgment of God. We have to wonder about that in relationship to men or the judgment of men or the decisions of men. Folks, God's judgment is completely pure. God's, it's thorough. It's righteous. And you know what? There's no waffling on it whatsoever. And so God's judgment, when it comes, it happens. So what he was saying is, I'm going to filter all of that judgment through my son Jesus. Why? Because when you judge it, judges, you'll be righteous. Right. Because it's going to be, all those things are going to be poured into his nail-scarred hands. And there's no flesh that's going to be able to glory in his presence. There's no man that's going to be able to point a finger at someone else. Because he's going to say that I bore these things, your sorrows, your iniquities, your, your infirmities on my body. I gave you the way out. And you refuse to take those things. So we see he's directed all of his judgment through one source. And Jesus Christ is the testimony of that gospel message or that standard. And and so what this does is effectively eliminate all excuses. It eliminates all attempts by man to shift blame or point fingers at someone else. I like that because that way what you're saying is no one can say, well, I lived better, I did greater, I did something... uh, I did a better thing in the gospel than you did. I was a pastor. I was an apostle. I was that. You were just a whatever. But everything will come to the fact that say, no, wait a minute. And you look at the scars and what he did said. Jesus could say, no, none of y'all did anything. Yeah. I'm the one that paid the ultimate price. I paid the price. And I so did he's the, the one that paid the price, so therefore he's the one that's able to judge. That's absolutely right. Now think yeah. about this. In John 14.6, John 14.6, talking about in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to the gospel. He said, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the, way. the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. Mm-hmm. In other words, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the jailer. I'm the one that says whether you enter in or not. Now, brother, in a, in a legal process, or, or in, a, in a courtroom, there's, there's really three primary processes. There's the indictment. There's the time when the, 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 when the, the facts are looked at and the charges are made. And that's the point of the place where it says, that, that listen, if, if somebody brings a, an allegation against you, 
I go and I take that to a grand jury or I take that to the district attorney's office. They look at the evidence and they make an assessment based upon the evidence whether or not we're going to bring you to the next step. And that's the trial. And so at the trial, that's where all the evidence is, 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 is brought out. People bring in witnesses. And it's, it's kind of a greater exposure. It's, it's, it lasts longer. And so it's where the preponderance of the evidence is, is, is viewed. Then the third part is the verdict. And so that's when all the things are looked at and we, we go before the judge and the gavel sounds and, 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 and the, the ruling is made. Right. Brother, you know what that is? That's the way, that's the truth, and that's the life. And so, guys, and write that down in John 14.6. I think you'll get a better understanding of John 14.6 if you'll look at it in, in the, in the, in the, relative to the legal process. And so, it's the way, the truth, and the life. It's the indictment, it's the trial, and it's the verdict. And so, at the indictment, that's when, when they have the initial look at the evidence. They decide if that's... And guys, that's what it is for us. The way. Jesus came as the way. He came and presented Himself to us. He presented that initial evidence. He came and, and, and He died and, and, and He rose from the dead. And so, many people get that message, the way presented to them. Mm-hmm. Now, think about this. The, the Bible says that there is a way... That seems right. To, to a man, to the end there of his death, yeah. which Matthew 7 calls it the wide gate or the wide way. Mm-hmm. But he said, then there's a narrow way that mm-hmm. leads to life, and few there be that find it. Who is the narrow way? Jesus, Jesus is the narrow way. The indictment is the way. And so he comes and he brings the evidence of the narrow way to us. Now, if we come to that place and we say, I want to I enter into that truth, uh, enter into that place, then what do we do? Then we go to trial. And see, that's why, that's why the Word says, Think it not strange concerning the fiery, fiery trials. And so here we are. We're on trials. So whether you're, you've been saved a long time, brother, like, like I have, or, or maybe you're just coming to the Lord Jesus, your faith or the indictment has got to go to trial. Mm-hmm. And so you're, the, the trial is on. You will live a life of the fiery trial. And so from the time that you say yes to Jesus, the indictment is, is, uh, is, is handed down, and you come into that, that, that courtroom that we call life, you are on trial. Your faith is on trial today. When you open your mouth, your faith is in trial. You are, you, you are put on the, the witness stand. But folks, you do not have the right to remain silent. <laughs> because there's whether no you fifth, say it or not there's no pleading the fifth on this there's no fifth amendment amen there's only the standard of the cross of Calvary and if you do not open up your mind he said if you're ashamed of him before men or in that, that trial of your faith the truth section of that yeah. he said he'll, he'll be ashamed of you before the father who is the, that righteous judge right. and so no your, your faith is on trial so if it's not by your words you can't plead the fifth amendment and thinking that I don't want to say anything on the grounds that it might incriminate myself you have already been incriminated. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that this is the condemnation. This is the incrimination. The men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. You have already been found out that God searches the, the heart. And so our faith is on trial, brother, by the things that we do, by the things that we say. And we always ask the question, if you were ever uh, accused of being a Christian, well, uh, a genuine biblical believer, yeah. would there be enough evidence against you to convict, convict you? Right. And, and our faith is on trial. Then the next one is the verdict. And that's the life. He becomes the life. And the Bible says that there is going to be a final judgment. Right. That, that those that are, that are found not guilty, that are found righteous in faith, what are they going to get? They're going to get eternal life. life. We're going to get our life sentence. The other ones are going to get the death penalty. Yeah. And so we have the, the indictment, which is the way. We have the trial, which is the truth. And the verdict, which is the life. life. He said, I am the way, the that's truth. True. I am the life, and in the day that God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel, it's going to be by the way, the truth, and by the life. Mm. The, the, the indictment, the trial, and in the verdict. I don't know, I don't know about you, brother, but that helps me understand the process yeah. Yeah. of what walking this life out is. A lot of people will get to the indictment part. Then what they want to do is they want to get a continuance. They'll file the legal papers. They'll say, give me a continuance. Well, well you know what? You don't have to give up everything right away. You, you know what? It's just a, it's a process. Well, you don't, you don't have to... Brother, i tell you what. Once, once that trial starts, the evidence is clear. You've got to present that evidence before the trial starts. Right. And so, or otherwise it becomes inadmissible. And so, folks, you're not going to stand before God one day and say, well, oh, okay, God, I'm sorry for all those things. Mm-hmm. It's inadmissible. Right. The gavel is going to sound and the verdict is going to be ruled down and it's either going to be life 
or it's going to be death. And so for me, brother, it always helps me to know that my faith is on trial. I don't think it's strange right. that I bought into this. I'm in, I'm in the courtroom of, of, of faith. I'm in the courtroom of salvation. And I'm believing that, 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 that God is going to do something. But 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Man, this is, our, this is the good news right here about, about faith being on trial and knowing that God's going to judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to the gospel. In 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2, he says this. He said, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus Christ is that advocate. And, he's, and Jesus Christ the righteous. And He Himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. And so, He says we have an advocate. What's interesting about that word advocate, it's the word parakletos. You know, we, you think about when I, I worked for an attorney for two years, and we had paralegals. And so that word para is used many times in the, in the, 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 the legal sense. And so that, para, that parakletos literally... By definition in the Greek, it's one who pleads another's cause before a judge. Mm. A pleader, a counsel for the defense, a legal assistant, an advocate. An advocate. And so we have an attorney on retainer through the blood of Jesus. Amen. And as long as we're walking by faith, as we'll get into Romans chapter 8, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We won't move out of that realm of, of just uh, of being a, a bad or being a hostile witness. But, but we'll, we'll lay our hand upon the covenant of Christ Jesus and we'll, we'll determine that we're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth because of who God is in our lives. And so because we've got that parakletos, someone that is, that is there, that, that is going to stand before the righteous judge that has been in that, that courtroom for eternity, that, that knows the, the, the workings of that system, he's going to be the one that's our advocate. So... Folks, the Jews had boasted in the law and they put all their stock in thinking that they were, just because they were born Jews, that they were entitled to some type of privilege. They were trying to coattail into the kingdom. And so that's what he's been talking about this whole time in chapter 2. They claimed that they had the rights of their spiritual fathers, and, and, but they, they weren't walking by faith and righteousness of their forefathers. You know, i got two children, Jared and Kayla, and uh, both of them live right, right here with us. And, you know, uh, by no means are they perfect. But I've told them from the time they were little old babies, you will never coattail into the kingdom because your dad's a preacher. Right. You know what? You will stand. God has given you a free will, and uh, you're going to have to make that decision. You'll never be able to stand before God and say, well, I was raised in a Christian home, or my dad took me to church, or I was on the streets with him. And so as a result of what my dad or mom did, I'm going to be saved. I said, you know what? You're going to stand before Him based upon your faith in the blood of Jesus. And I've told my kids that, brother, from the time they were little bitty. And I, I, I never told them, okay, because your dad, you're, you're a Christian. No, I, I challenge them on the Word to this very day. Okay, you, you claim to be a believer. What, right. does, what does the testimony of your life, what would, the, what would the preponderance of evidence in that high court in heaven have to say about that testimony? Wow. Would it be just a bunch of talk or would it be ruled inadmissible because it's a lie and strictly hearsay? And, brother, a good example of that coattail type of mentality, we saw it with the Jews. They wanted right. to coattail off the, off the faith of Abraham. They wanted to coattail off of the, 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 the mercy of Moses. They wanted to coattail off of all these things. But a good example of that, we see it in the church so many times, is you, I've been hearing a lot about this Paris Hilton in the news. Okay. You know, this is a girl that has made a, literally a cottage industry out of playing rich and playing important. She's, but the thing about this, brother, she's neither rich nor or important. She's, she's actually very wretched. She's very perverse. Mm -hmm. And unless she repents, brother, she is eternally condemned to a devil's hell. Right. So the thing about it is, she has, she's, she's walked under that Hilton name and, and she's benefited from that Hilton financial empire. And so she's a coattailer. Now, this isn't a girl, you know, you hear the name Hilton, so we know the Hilton Inn, we know all the, 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 the real estate holdings of, 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 the, the, of the Hilton family, but this Paris Hilton has done nothing to earn anything. Mm -mm. And so what she's done up to this point, I believe she's 26 years old, up to this point, basically she's just lived off of the benefits of someone else. She's never been involved in real estate. All she does is parade on red carpets and, uh, and, and, and does loot things and, and, and walks in, in, in promiscuity and all these type of things and, and has built an industry off of that. And so people think she's important. Every time she shows up, people want to take a picture of her. Huh. People want to, want to come and touch her. People want to uh, uh, woo her. And, and, and people, you'll, you'll see people on, on different young people's MySpace. They'll have a picture of Paris Hilton and all these things. Paris Hilton is not a hero. Paris Hilton has lived a bogus, wretched, 
uh, wicked, fornicative, uh, blasphemous life. But she's trying to coattail and think that she deserves some type. She's a, calls herself a VIP, a very important person. Mm. No, she's a very deceived individual mm. that has got to come to Christ Jesus. Yes. And so recently she was thrown into jail some type of drunk driving charge or, or something driving without a license right. I'm, I'm not sure about the whole case I've just caught snippets of it in the newspaper or on Fox News or something like that and it was reported that when they told her that she had to go back to jail I guess she was released or something then they put she screams out in the courtroom it's not fair it's mm -hmm. not fair but what it was what she really meant I think was what was that the daddy's money and influence should have somehow exempted her from the consequences of her actions that because of who her daddy was or her grandfather or whoever started the Hilton Empire was, that, that it should do something about it. But she was put back in the clink, brother. They put her back behind bars after she was released temporarily by the Sheriff's Department. Evidently, the Sheriff's Department didn't want to deal with her, and so they released her temporarily. She cried enough in jail, or she complained enough in jail, or she caused too much inconvenience mm. in jail, so they released her. Folks, we are the Sheriff's Department. Right. And, and more, you know, the, the church, but... but more specifically, leaders, uh, folks are, 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 are in leadership, pastors and elders and teachers and those that God has placed in authority, we're, we're God's sheriff's department. And so this judge ordered her into jail, I think, for a period of 45 days. But because she threw a fit and complained, the sheriff let her off. He said, well, go on home. He said, you don't even need a, an electronic bracelet. Just go on home and just be good because you're sick or whatever else. Folks, that is, isn't that a picture of yeah. the church today? Right. People going to church and they complain that the services are too long or they don't like the music uh -oh. or whatever else. Yeah. And so, okay, we'll, we'll appease them. But the Bible says that, that the day will come when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ right. according to His gospel. Not according to what the church says. Or what the not according says to the complaints. Or, not according yeah. to if we murmur. And so if we yeah. say to ourselves, listen, if we want people to keep coming back to church, we're going to have to dumb down the message. We're going to have to serve pizza. We're going to have to have cappuccinos available. Folks, listen. Mm -hmm. You can dumb it down and you can let somebody coattail in it, but their blood will be upon your head. If you do not preach Christ and Him crucified, that you've got to repent and turn from the wickedness of your ways, you are condemning them to a devil's hell and they think they're off the hook. But one day the gavel is going to sound yeah. and, they're going to, and they're going to yell, It's not fair! It's not fair! The sheriff or my daddy or somebody else said that I could get off the hook. No. But guys, there's no coattailing into the kingdom. And so the judge in this case, uh, you know, the, the sheriff released her and, and he, he released her basically on her own recognizance. Mm -hmm. Oh, you'll probably do good, you'll do... But when the judge found out about this, he, he, he put her back in prison. He put her back in jail. And he said, now you're going to serve the whole sentence. Oh, there's no, there's no time off for good behavior. Folks, there's none good not even one. That the judgment of God is going to be based upon holiness. It's going to be based upon righteousness. And so that judge slammed the gavel and praised God. He put her back in. And I, and I hope Jesus gets a hold of her. Somebody said that she had uh, that she somebody had given her a Bible in there or something else. I hope she believes the gospel. I hope no. she doesn't grab a hold of some watered down, mealy mouth, uh, 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 celebrity style gospel. But she gets in one that says that I've got to decrease, that right. God might increase, and not to lay up treasures for yourself here on earth. Maybe God will confront her like the rich young ruler. Okay, Paris Hilton, if you want to serve God, take everything that you have and give it, give to, it the to the poor and come and follow Jesus. Deny yourself, take up your cross yeah, yeah. and follow Him. Because give I tell you what, up. yeah, because it's, it's harder for a rich person to go to heaven than for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle. Wow. And you cannot depend upon those type of things. So, there's no time off for good behavior. The gavel have been sounded. The way, the truth, the life. She was indicted. She, she went to court. She was found guilty. Uh, and, and God's going to judge her according to that truth. I pray for her as I pray for the church at large, even as Paul the Apostle said, and we addressed Robin's question in, in chapter 9. He said, listen, I wish I could pay the penalty for you. I wish you could coattail, is basically what he was saying, off of what I've done. Right. But that's just yeah, not going to happen. A different You've got to walk in the Spirit yeah. so you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So in the day that when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to the Gospel. And so folks, what is the Gospel? The gospel is the cross. It's good news. It's yes, the message of the cross of Calvary. Of the cross, right. I'll put it this way. The gospel is the sum total has it's the sum total of the saving truth of Jesus. The sum total of the saving truth of Jesus. I say it's the sum total, brother, because it's not a part of it. No, it's, it's every bit of it. It's the whole thing. You can't just say I want to take a part of it and not all of it. Right. And so the message of Jesus Christ is a message that we have to receive 
in its totality to, to, to have that verdict, to have the advocate would, stand on would that. Would that entail everything that he did on earth up to the cross, from the cross to where he resurrected, from what he gave to the disciples and when he ascended to heaven? I mean, is it all? It's Brother, all it's every, every single... The, 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 the gospel message is the good news. It's, it's the message of the cross. But see, the message of the cross isn't, oh, uh, he just died for the ungodly. The, death, the, the message of the cross is not strictly about death, but it's about life. Right. If the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, it's going to quicken your mortal body. body. And so he came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. Right. Not abundance in relationship to a Paris Hilton or financial. And, and though God blesses like that, and there's nothing wrong with having the blessing of God financially if we use it in relationship to the kingdom gospel, and the things right. that he wants us to do. But when he's talking about that, he's talking about the totality of the blessing. And that blessing also has for it responsibility. For the responsibility is a great blessing. Think about the responsibility that God has had given to you since right. you've been in the ministry. Right. While it's been a huge responsibility, has it been a tremendous blessing? Yes. Brother, when I get emails from people yeah. like William and I get emails right. from people like Jaron, it was a great responsibility. It, it cost thousands of dollars to go do those type of things, to stand on, in, in, on the street corners and preach the gospel. It, it, it comes at such a, a personal sacrifice for yourself and for your family and everything right. around you. But brother, that, that is such a tremendous blessing. Yes. It is the abundant life. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for not praise or, or honor, but just, well, what's the, what's the good way of saying it? Knowing that, that Christ is using you to make a difference. Absolutely. That's Through or, or your obedience. Through your obedience. And all you've got to do is be obedient. Yeah. That no good thing dwells in you, but if you're just willing to say, here I am, God, send me and use me, that He's willing to send you to the nation. So it's the complete sum total of all the, the truth about Jesus is what the gospel is. It's who He was, yeah, yeah. it's what He did, and what He required. Okay. I want to say that again. The gospel is who He was, what He did, and what He now Requires. Well, that just makes it so easy right yeah. there. And so it says, yeah. that I'm going to be judged according by, by uh, the secrets of men. My heart's going to be looked at according to the gospel. And so he's asking me to, to know and to walk out who he was, what he did, and what he requires of me. Back to what he said, if any man desires to be my disciple. Yeah. You know, the only people going to be in heaven, brothers, disciples. That's it. He just didn't have 12, uh, those, those 12 and, and no more. The, the, the job is to make disciples of all nations. Right. And so, the, the requirement of disciples is to go into the world and preach the gospel. It's to deny yourself, take up your cross, and, and follow him. him to do what he did. Now, think about this, folks. 2 Corinthians 11, 3 through 4 says this. He said, But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. But it's simple. Yeah. It's simple. He says, For he who, becomes, who, who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. Or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted, he said you'll do well not to put up with it. Don't put up with it. So he's saying, listen, the message of Christ is simple. He said, but there's people that are going to come and they're going to preach a Jesus that we've not preached. Right. He said, they're going to preach under a different spirit. They're going to preach a, a message that you have not received. It's a different gospel. And he said, which you have not previously accepted. He said, you'll do well not to put up with those type of things. Right. Folks, listen, if it's another gospel does, right. that does not require the, the whole fulfillment, the indictment, the truth, or the, the, the trial and the verdict, or the way, the truth, and the life, it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. If people are going to tell you you're going to be judged according to your adherence to the philosophies of men or, 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 or your good works or whatever else, it's, it's the totality of who Jesus was. And so somebody who says, you know what, I believe that, that he was a good man. Mm. That's not enough. No. I've got to believe. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. I've got to believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So I've not just got to believe that Jesus was a good man who did a good thing, but I've also got to believe that he was the only way, the only truth, the only life, and there's no way to the Father but by him. I've got to believe that he is the Son of the living God, that, that he died, that he rose again, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, not as some of these people are promoting nowadays, that, well, what if one of those parts... Don't count yeah. like the like the Rob Bell with the the, the birds and birth. Yeah, that says, well, what if one of the springs on the trampoline are broke? That that, yeah. the, that the doctrines are not something rigid. Yes, the doctors are the doctrines of Christ are rigid. Upon this rock I will build my church, yes. and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If we take anything out, we've taken everything right. out. Indeed, 
Indeed, you're going to be judged by the things of God, and in that day you'll be judged by the secrets. The secrets of your heart will be judged by Jesus Christ according to His gospel. And so, verse 17 through 29, that we're going to hit as we close out this morning, brother. We've got about five minutes, and, and, and we're going to, we can wrap that up, this last part, in about that much time. And so I'm going to read verses 17 through 29. It says, Indeed, you are called a Jew, and you rest on the law, and you make your boast in God. And so what Paul is saying there is he's calling the Jews to a place of judgment and responsibility. He said, yeah, you're called a Jew. You rest on the law. But he said, now your boasts are being put on trial. So I'm going to put you to the test. He said, you make your boast in God, right. and so I'm going to put your boast in trial. You take, now, you take pride in being a Jew. And so since you take pride in it, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. And so Matthew 13, excuse me, Matthew 12, 37. Matthew 12, 37. He says that Jesus says this. He said, for by your words you're justified, and by your words you're condemned. Mm-hmm. And so the second they said they're, they're Jews, what Paul say? Okay, okay. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to hold you to that because you were given the law. You were given the opportunity. You, you said given, you're all these yeah, things. You've given all these. You said you're a God. Well, we'll get into that. I'm going to hold your feet yeah. to the fire of right. who you said you were, folks. You say you're a Christian. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. You're going to be held responsible for those type of things. And so then he goes on to say, he said, uh, he said, you're making a point that you cannot deliver on. And we're going to see exactly that. And that's what he's making the point in these next few verses. He's going to say, listen, you said that you were a Jew. You said that you were a Hebrew, that you, that you even spoke Hebrew, that you were a Jew by nationality, you weren't a Gentile, you were an Israelite. In other words, you belonged to the, the, the Jewish theocracy. Then he said, I'm going to tell you this. And he said, and, and, know, and know his will and approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of the law. In other words, you know those things, that right. you're not ignorant, that you've not walked in some fallacy, you've been given that instruction. And even that you're confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind. Right. When it says that he, they were a guide to the blind, what it was saying that God had called you, the Jews, to be a guide to the Gentiles. Right. The Gentiles, we were blinded. We did not know. Right. And so they were called. He said you were called, called to be a, a guide to the blind, a light that those are in darkness. Right. In other words, the Jews were originally called to be a light to us. Yeah, they were the they, first original, supposed to be in the first original history makers and world shakers. That's right. And so he <laughs> said, then he goes on, he, he says, here's your boast. He said, you're confident that you, uh, you yourself are a guide to the blind. You, you're a light to those that were in darkness. You're the one that was supposed to instruct those that are foolish. Right. You're the one that was going to teach the babes. You were the ones that, that having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. That, 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 that word form is the, the word morphosis. It's, it's the, 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 the reflection of it. It's the form, the, 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 the morph. It's the, the, the figure. He said, you were the one that had the form of knowledge. And the word knowledge is the word gnosis. In its experiential knowledge, mm. it's not just something you heard about, but you saw it. Oh yeah. And so they had the they had the morphosis. They had the the, the manifestations. A good word for it. They had the, the morphosis of the gnosis and the g n o s i g g g n o s i s the okay. gnosis in the, in the Greek. And it's it's experiential knowledge. So it's not just something you heard about. So in other words, you you guys were there when Moses part of the Red Sea. You guys you, were you part seen of it all. You, yeah, you were part of all the prophets, all these other things. Now here's the indictment that came down against them. You therefore who teach another, do you not even teach yourself? Yeah. You who preach that a man should not steal. You're, don't you steal? Yeah. You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who hate idols, do you rob your enemies? Mm-hmm. For the name of God is blasphemed among the heathen because of you. As it is written, for circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfill the law, judge you, who, even with your written code and circumcision, are, are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit and in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. And the saints, I want to close in this in about a minute. Guys, what he was telling them is, listen, you boast of all these things, but at the end of the day, you're going to be found guilty because you cannot fulfill those type of things. And so he's holding them back to the responsibility of the gospel. Saints of God, I want to tell you this. If we say that we're something and we don't walk in, he said, we are deceiving ourselves. We've got to be doers of the complete testimony of Jesus, the whole work of God, because one day we're going to stand before God and we're not going to give an account uh, or, or give an account of our actions based upon what some watered-down preacher told us. Right. If we have a pastor that's not preaching the gospel, we're never going to be able to point to him and say, well, he made me do it. 
We're going to have to come to the law of God, to the Word of God made manifest in His Son Jesus, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the totality and the preponderance of the evidence and the complete truth that He has given us in His Word. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be your judge. Saints, listen. You can say you're these things when you talk about the circumcision, you talk about the outward thing that separated the Jews from everyone else. Christianity is not outward. No more than Judaism is right. outward. Right. It's an inward thing. God is the one that judges the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The secrets of men. The secrets. Our judgment is going to not be according to the, the ways of men or, who's, or the praise of men, as verse 29 says, but it's going to be of God. Folks, love you. Get into God's Word. God, God's Word to get into you. I'm Pastor Troy Bond. Pastor Alex Hill. God bless you and go with God and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 o'clock a.m.